on the Capitol Hill Them all-American girls With all-American girls have had their day In the sun and the rain So that was but a taste of a song called All American by Kobe Langham and the Citizen Band. I'm Todd Dills, and in today's edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast, I'm going to be heading off again to Long Haul Paul Marhofer to walk us through the moving, sometimes hilarious, writing of trucker songwriter Langham, whose 2019 Years on the Road EP made some waves around his native Kentucky and beyond. Kobe Langham drives for likewise Kentucky headquarters Downey and Sons, pallet supplier out of Springfield, and he's a proud father of three. Before we get there, though, I wanted to offer a note of congrats to owner-operator Arian Rule. Overdrive executive editor Alex Lockie is out today with a story about his beautiful 800-horsepower 1993 vintage Peterbilt 379, the spectacular 80s-built sleeper and custom stretch that hauls mostly overweight, sometimes oversized, loads out of Pennsylvania to points west and south and back. Lockie caught up with the owner-operator at the Gear Jammer show two weeks back in New Hampshire. Here's Rule running down the story of the Pete. I bought this truck, um, I'm going to say, well, we're in 2022, so I would have bought it in 2014. Um, it was 252-inch wheelbase, um, and we turned it into that. We eventually ended up stretching it to 327 inches um, and I acquired the uh, all original 1987 double eagle sleeper wow through, uh, his brother-in-law uh, which would be my wife's soon to be wife's uncle Chris um, and uh, I got it on there so she could come out with me more comfortably we take mm-hmm. our dogs with us. That was the reasoning behind putting the sleeper on. But I mean, the whole outfit, when I'm full of fuel and fresh water, I'm 36 and a half, which isn't bad for this mm-hmm. side. But it, it started out life with a, uh, a mechanical uh, cat in it. I broke the crank. It now has a, a uh, an e-motor in it. Um, we'll just yeah. call it a 6NZ. That's not what it is, but we'll just call it that. Yeah, I run uh, Kentucky, Indiana, okay. uh, Ohio, and uh, yeah, you're coming up out of Kentucky with those. You, you need the power. Yeah, it's all hills and mountains. And, uh, I, my favorite part about it, I don't know. I can't pick a favorite part. I just love the way the whole truck came together. I mean, if you want to be technical about it, I guess. My favorite part of the truck is not even the truck itself. Um, it's the relationships built, building the truck. Right. Uh, and that's why it's named 10 Dimes. Right. Al Capone said four quarters are better than 100 pennies. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have 
10 dimes. You know, I, I got some really good people in my life that... And so for Rule, the truck stands as monument to those relationships forged through history in and around and under the piece of equipment. And what a piece of equipment it is. You can catch a few views of it in Alex Lockie's story about Rule at, the, at overdriveonline.com. Navigate to the custom rig section. You can also find a link to the story in the show notes. More in the post that houses this podcast for August 12th, 2022 at overdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio. When Lockie was speaking with Rule, he reflected on the upcoming wedding day the owner-operator had mentioned as a chance to truly feel and communicate the gratitude for a life well-lived with all of those you know best and share it with the most. What Lockie didn't yet know? Yeah, that's, that's great. That's no way. That's here. We're getting married here. No way. Yeah, yeah we're getting married right on that finish line at 7 o'clock tonight. Are you kidding? Yes. Yeah. Yep. That was her idea. Big congrats to owner-operator Arian Rule and his spouse on the wedding at Monadnock Speedway at Keene, New Hampshire. As for the truck, Rule noted a lot of his mods were geared toward nodding to its vintage and early 1990s truck. You know, when we, we redid it three quarters of the way this last time, I, I did want to go back more to 93, which is why I went with the Broadway lights on the sleeper. I didn't run cab lights before we added those. Um, you know, I just wanted to to get back to 93 a little bit and people come up to me and that's why I left I mean I run a slick plate on the fifth wheel but mm-hmm. you still get a little grease on them that's why I didn't degrease it because a lot of people don't believe that this truck works yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, I got I got pictures <laughs> you know so you got a tux hanging in back there or something uh, no, suit. 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 Yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. it's so hot there's a big yeah. thanks to Rule yeah. and Alex Lockie for carrying us to the rig Okay, now on to Downey and Sons company driver and singer-songwriter Kobe Lang. Our own long-haul Paul Marhofer takes us through his story via an interview conducted at the Mid-American Trucking Show earlier this year. Here's Paul setting it up. Ever stumbled across a recording artist on the web whose stuff was so good that you were left dumbfounded by the fact they weren't more widely known? Kobe Langham fits squarely in that category. But here's the icing on the cake. He's also a trucker. 2019 had been a banner year for Langham. His EP, Kobe Langham and the Citizen Band, Years on the Road, was being mentioned in the same breath as Tyler Childers' Country Squire and Sturgill Simpson's Sound and Fury by the publication Kentucky Country Music, which named his record one of the Commonwealth's ten best for 2019. Something seismic was going on in the bluegrass state. One writer had called it a country music insurgency, and artists like Sturgill Simpson and Tyler Childers were at the vanguard. But Langham was quietly making a mark of his own. A lot of it is, I would consider, honky-tonk music. Um, that's a lot of what I gravitate towards as far as what I listen to. I, I wanted it to, I, I just wanted it to sound like country well, the flowers music. Are dead, so I threw them out, but those pictures are still in the drawer. Like when somebody listens to it, I want them to think I'm listening to country music right now and 
a lot of the as far as the production um and the the actual sound itself um comes from my friend tom nato in lexington who produced um all the stuff we've done so far and he also played the all those steel guitar parts he as especially the first few things i did coming in as a completely green novice having no idea what i was doing he was really good at um directing me in the way i wanted to go without me feeling like he was taking over things you know it he he gave me a lot of um help without um taking control you know it, it, everything always came out sounding like i wanted it to sound so tom nato was a big part of that them all american girls with all american girls had their day in the sun You're just funding this out of your trucking wages, aren't you? Kind of, or do you have like patrons, or how are you putting out this great sound? Um, yeah, it's pretty much all coming from money I scraped together. Um, the first EP I did um, some like pre-sales on the album and sold a bunch of T-shirts and stuff like that, and that helped um, helped me scrape together the the money to get it done. And also my bandmates were totally contributing their time. You know, nobody was getting paid. Um, we were we were paying for studio time and I was paying Tom to produce. Um, but uh, Zane and Jason, my bandmates, were contributing their time. And uh, we just kind of scraped it together. There wasn't any um, financial backing or anything like that. Most of it was just money I was able to save up, you know, with the truck and um it's it's not even if you do it as cheap as possible it's not cheap still if you want to if you want to do it right as far as i'm concerned um so if i you know if i could have what i wanted i'd have somebody give me a big check and say go make a record um but i think with you know with limited uh finances we were able to kind of get what we wanted to do done so your friends Jason and what was the other gentleman's name? Jason Sinkhorn, who is a fantastic songwriter in his own right. You can look him up and find a bunch of amazing material. And Zane Hilton. Um, that's kind of been our core group. We've we've had a few uh, different drummers, and when when able, we'll add a steel player, a fiddle player. Um, but Zane and Jason and I have been kind of the core group of the of the band. Yeah, I mean, wow, that's that's a true friend right there. I wonder if they like need another trucker friend. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. They they would be happy to play music with you. I can assure you. Yeah, but you know, I've seen you on this Red Barn. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's amazing what what you can do now with with the internet. So I, you know, I I just sort of went down the Kobe Langham rabbit hole and found everything I could find on you, and then come to realize that our friends at landline they they were already on this story 
two years ago, but you're still you're still out there and you're still making music. And I uh, this was sort of a spur of the moment in, interview. And if I if if I had a little more time, I w- would have written down some of the songs that really really stood out. But there's this one about uh, it's a lady's name, the truck. Is it Kathy oh, Ann? Sa- Sally Ann, the coal truck. Sally Ann, the coal truck. That's that is such a lonesome song. Ballad of the coal truck starts in 1985. Kenworth on the side of the hood, she was a W9. 3406B, Caterpillar under the hood. Her old black smoke when you started her up, just like she should. Well, that song came from an idea that was put in my head by gentlemen who I used to cross paths with paths with out in western kentucky drove he drove a coal bucket and i never knew his name and like we never met in person we would just talk on the radio he had a recognizable truck so i when i was out that way i you know if i saw him i'd holler at him on the radio and one day he wasn't even talking to me he was talking to someone else i heard him telling the story about this old truck driver who ran off the road into this pond and he was getting really elaborate with it. And I don't know how much of it was really true or, you know, you know how that goes. Um, but it just kind of put, put that idea in my head about, and it was, it was a couple of years later before I wrote the song, but um, just kind of about how connected we get to our trucks. Yeah. Because, you know, you sp- that's who you spend the most time with is that truck. Weekend Sally Ann, she would shine up her chrome. There in the tires, check her water and blow her horn. A peabody coal dust, sure is hard on a girl. Anywhere filter every two months, if she could breathe in this world. Let the grandbabies play on her when she was home. Jessie's smile so big, she knew she was loved. A two million miles ashore takes its toll on a girl. She was feeling her age when they set off for Caneyville. And so, um, you know, you just really get attached, and sure, we give them names and get, you know, get pretty close. So, um, just kind of about that that relationship um, that we have with with those uh, big machines. Yeah, it's like by the time a truck gets a name, it's almost like he now you begin to wonder: is it possible for a truck to have a soul? It almost becomes like a sentient being, you know. Now, I remember when I was an old 41, like, so Bobby, Bobby Matthews broke it in brand new, and then another guy named Bobby drove it, and then they gave it to me, and it was the best truck I ever drove, a 379 Pete, big cat motor. The head gasket needed a new head gasket, and they decided just to do a complete reman, and it was down for a while, and they gave me another truck. 
Meanwhile, I got my other friend Bobby on to go to work there, and he really loved that truck. And, like, I was pretty satisfied with the replacement truck they yeah. gave me, and he asked if he could drive that truck. And it's, it's almost like old 41 just preferred being driven by a dude named Bobby. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I th- A lot of times, like, uh, if if I'm gone on vacation or something and at work and nobody's going to drive my truck unless they absolutely have to, like there's no other options. And if, when I get that phone call and like, Hey, I, I'm going to have to drive your truck today. It just like, well, my truck doesn't know you. It's like, it's not going to, it's not going to work right. It's not, you know, some, you're going to break something and you um, but I get, it's like, you know, it's like this, uh, your best friend and you don't want anybody to mess up your relationship, you know, some new, new person coming in there and interfering. But I, I totally get that. We get just very attached. Yeah. That, that's, and that, that really, that really comes out and selling in the coal truck. It was just like structurally what's so interesting to me about that song it's like the story itself almost takes precedence over the rhyme and the meter. It's like, it's like the story is the main thing of that song. Yeah, um, I think that. I mean, there's not a lot to that song, melodically, or you know, it's just straightforward. It's the same melody all the way through, and I just, it was, it was more of one of those songs where I just wrote down a story, and then it has some music behind it. it you know, there's not a lot of uh, production going on there or anything like that. It's just there's there's some guitar playing behind this story that's being read kind of thing. Curve on 41, her front axle buzz. Her and Jesse hit the ditch. There was a lot of dust. The coal was heavy and it pushed them on down the hill. Pond on Miller's farm Where they lie still They pull him out Jesse still had his hands on the wheel It was hard for most To understand just how he felt They put what was left Sally in out in his barn And her name was his on a tombstone in the yard that, And that, that's the focus of that song, it's just that story. It doesn't need a lot of other things going on with it. Seems like those are the songs that st- stick with a guy the most, where the, the, the music was almost incidental to the story and, and the music was just there to to attempt to, to 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 support the story and just enough music. So that's not something you would probably ever put a full band behind. It was just just a little bit of that. But I you know so I, I've written songs almost as a as a as a an act of like self exorcism. In other words, there would be some sorrow in me that like I heard the story of this this cattle hauler who on his very last run died. It was like his very last week on his very last run. He was going to go get a local job, but he died on his last day at work. 
and it bothered me so much when I heard this story. I had to write, you know, a song called You Were a Good Hand just to get that out of my system. And I sense, like, you know, there's, there's, there, there does seem to be this dynamic in some of your work where, where some of your songs become almost, um, some sort of cathartic element of a, of a, of a grief in your life. Oh, for sure. Um, I rarely write anything that isn't coming from some personal experience. Um, that's where 99% of my songs will come from. Uh, I have a hard time writing otherwise. Um, so for the most part, anything of mine people listen to, there's a big personal element in there. Um, and that's just, I think for me, that's just where the inspiration comes from. You know, if it's not, if it's not something that I really personally connect with, I have a hard time writing about it. I, I remember the first time I heard five by seven, I was, um, on my way to Leesburg, Florida to drop and hook a load of orange juice. And, uh, I mean, I believed whatever that was really happened to somebody, you know, and, and it's such an intensely autobiographical song. And I, I mean, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about it. If you're not, I'm not going to press you to, but what a masterpiece of a song five by seven was because it, it just cracked me open. Thank you. That's a, a big compliment. Um, flowers are dead so I threw them out but those pictures are still in the drawer and I want so bad to forget about you I've got them spread across the floor time changes things like the wind blows the leaves pain creeped in your door I don't mind talking about it they just turned the lights off obviously it kind of sets the mood huh? i had nothing to do with that <laughs> you didn't do that um that uh oh now we're now we're back in the light um that that song is very personal um i wrote that the first time i was alone after my uh wife passed um she uh, died from a drug overdose, and it was just like this six, seven years of all-out chaos. And she, you know, she was the perfect wife, mother, friend, just wonderful person, and it, it all changed so fast, you know. Um, and I had a really hard time understanding that because it wasn't a problem that I had I, you know I didn't I, I didn't have a problem with drugs um, and then I realized how many other families were going through what we were going through and it just opened my eyes up just because I felt like really you know early on 
well, I don't, I don't want to talk about this because I don't want anybody to know where this is going on, you know. Uh, but then you realize how many people are dealing with it and it's something that needs to be talked about, you know. But that song just came from thinking about, you know, her and her struggles and her trying and trying and trying to stay clean. And, you know, like so many other people, she just, despite all her efforts, uh, she wasn't able to. Um, so that's that's where that song came from. It was It was just therapy for me to get it out there. Um, but I really feel like now when, you know, when I, when I see people, um, they hear their stories about how they've been able to stay clean and they've got, you know, so many days or months or years. And it's just a really, uh, inspiring to me because I, I saw how hard that is firsthand. Um, and so I, I don't ever mind talking about that song because I think it's, Sometimes it's something people don't want to talk about, but but we need to, you know. If you if you know someone who, and the hard thing is you want to do it for them, you know. You want like I can. That's what I thought I could do. I can fix you. You just you know let me let me fix you, and you can't do that. Um, so you know if you know somebody who's going through addiction struggles, you just you just have to love them and and point them in the right direction and and try to be helpful and, and hopefully they make the right choices so that's kind of where that came from that's all. The more it hurts, I could hear your knees hit the floor a snapshot of heaven in a five by six and I see right through me different time that I rewind you were strong as an old oak tree strong as an old oak tree Chalkboard on the mantle we kept there for you. Believe your words that were true. And when you'd stop by, you'd leave us a sign that you cared just as much as you do. You'd write little hearts and leave sweet talks and nicknames of pink and blue and pictures and frames. Of younger days when peace was something we knew. A snapshot of heaven in a five by seven. Nice to see right through me. A different time, but I rewind. You were strong as an old oak tree. Strong as an old oak tree. And you'll always be in pictures with me. Beautiful. Thank you.
That was Five by Seven from Kobe Langham and the Citizens Band's Years on the Road record. Performed for us live at the Mid-American Trucking Show. Other tracks you heard pieces of throughout include All-American and Sally Ann the Coal Truck. Find more from Langham in the post that houses this podcast for August 12th, 2022 at overdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker songwriter and Overdrive contributor, Long Haul Paul Marhofer, who of course we heard today. Theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marhofer, featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Womack, Terry Two Socks Richardson on bass, keys by Tishomingo Jim Whitehead, and on drums, Mr. Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor, Matt Cole, social media coordinator, Holly Young, and executive editor, Alex Locke. That's great. No way. Here, we're getting married here. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Until next time, keep proud. Yeah.